Welcome to Left Jest. You're back. We're here. Uh, I'm Alex Patak. Hello, this is my house. Uh, interesting development for you guys. I was just rooting around the K-Piss Studios uh, looking for more bags of chips. I found a lot of bags of chips around, and they're always different flavors, which is interesting. I've tried a lot of new flavors of chips. Um, bit of an aside, getting distracted here. Um, I find a lot of weird stuff in the K-Piss Studios, like stuff you can't really explain and i found this old vhs tape and i popped it in and it seems like this is the weird part is that it would it's it's from now but not the now we live in i don't it's very strange um it looks like a bernie sanders inauguration speech i'm just gonna play it for you now um our, here we go My fellow Americans, it is my life's honor to stand before you today as I look out on this crowd of old and young, men and women, different races, religions, and creeds, I accept with great humility the task of being your leader. But I accept it with the understanding that you will, in turn, help lead me. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse, I don't mean to stop the speech, but I did ask for, for a cup of tea a few minute, moments ago. Yes, I did ask the young lady. Oh, okay, well, can you get it, please? Oh, great. I said, oh, great. What do you mean you don't have oh, great? But you have Lady Grey. No, I don't have a problem with Lady Grey. It's, it's just surprising that you don't have Earl Grey tea available for the leader in the free world. I'll take the Lady Grey. It's fine. No, no problem with Lady Grey tea. No problem with Lady Grey at all. Okay, excellent. Thank you. No, I don't need a coat. I am cold, but I'm not going to wear a coat. Why not? Because the American people don't need to see their president give a de facto endorsement to a greedy outerwear corporation. It is pretty cold out here. It's raining, too. You know, who would rather do this inside? Okay, well, the people have spoken. Really inspiring stuff there. Uh, you know, we're just going to... We have a great interview today, and that gives off a lot of hope. Stay tuned. Laugh Jazz. Tuning into Left Jest, Anders Lee here with Alex Patak. I'm a co-host, and I'm bad. Boom. We are joined today by a friend of the show, Jabuki Young-White. What's up, what's up? Welcome back. And Thank also, a uh, very funny comedian, Jake Flores. Hello. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, I'm going to start today with a little quote, because we're um, doing kind of a what some would call a... Uh, some people would question the intent behind doing this episode because mm -hmm. it's kind of a we're doing about if bernie sanders had won oh, the presidency a quote mm -hmm. on that well a quote on history all right because mm -hmm. like why look back on this here's why i think we are mm -hmm. according to um this is like a quote a business would give you this is a, no this is not a business this is from a literary it. uh critic who's british and mm. so i'm going to open yes this is a very, extremely pretentious British. quote that i dug up from uh terry eagleton 
<laughs> who is a British um, writer. And this is what he says. The German philosopher Walter Benjamin had the curious notion that we could change the past. For most of us, the past is fixed while the future is open. Benjamin thought that the past could be transformed by what we do in the present. Not literally transformed, of course, since the one sure thing about the past is that it does not exist. There is no way in which we can retrospectively erase the Treaty of Vienna or the Great Irish Famine. It is a peculiar feature of human actions that, once performed, they can never be recuperated. What Benjamin meant was that how we act in the present can change the meaning of the past. The past may not literally exist any more than the future does, but it lives on in its consequences, which are a, vi which are a vital part of it. The comic turn of events that sent Trump to, Trump to Washington serves to show that history, however tragic, is not destiny. What happens, happens. But as Benjamin's friend and colleague Bertolt Brecht never ceased to remind us, it could always happened. It could always have happened differently, or not happened at all. Among the things that make up history are the things that did not happen, which often exert as profound an influence on the course of events as those that did. So, uh, Trump is the president now, and within that uh, knowledge that he's the president, you know, it could have gone a different way, right? And I think uh, you, in order, if you're going to crit criticize what does exist. You also have to take into account what could have been, right? Yeah, I see what I see what you're going for there. There was a second halfway through. I was like, ah, our 1984 episode. <laughs> I didn't read. Is, is that why you were talking about Man in the High Castle? Was, yeah, know? well, I, I kind of like at the beginning of that intro thing, you know, mm -hmm. like that uh, maybe there's some video out there of Bernie giving the inauguration that we're going to dig up and then liberate the people and understand that we don't uh, have to be in this uh, shitty Man, man in the High Castle is the Philip K. Dick thing about how it, if, if um, Nazis won. If Nazis won. Yeah. Okay. So just to be clear, mm. we're in the bad universe right now. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yes, a second I was like, did I get invited to a podcast where they're like, <laughs> if Bernie would have won, it would have been the Nazi universe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Please God. defend your horrible right. stance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank God he didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but um, so I think is I, that like a good show? I you know I really like the premise, um, but the show itself kind of lost me like halfway through the first. Sounds season. very Philip K. Dick already. Yeah, yeah. Great premise <laughs> for a show, um, but who am I to judge that? Who am I to judge? Uh, the Bernie campaign. That's what we're going to do. First, little Monday morning Ooh, quarterbacking. Get roughed up. Yeah. I think uh, we were talking about this on the last show Jabuku was on, but like in the DNC primary about a year ago, um, people criticized Bernie for being too tough on Clinton, uh, even though he started his campaign. And what drew a lot of people in was he was like, I'm not going to do negative ads at all. I'm just Mr. Nice Guy. Um, but. Uh, I think in retrospect that didn't really matter because people are going to attack him for for mm -hmm. being too tough on um, this, and I don't think he went well, nearly far enough. Like, he yeah, started, he could have went so much harder in the yeah. paint. The thing about primaries that people don't understand is that, like it, we just forget because they're usually not this nasty, right? But they've always been really dirty. Like even Hillary versus Obama, she trotted out this picture of him wearing a turban and shit. Yeah, and then yeah. six months later he hired her. Because <laughs> he was like, you're a savage, I respect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I like what you do. That was real shitty. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's one thing Bernie d- decided not to do was exploit that uh, gap that had existed in 2008 between Obama and Clinton. It br- brought up how dirty her campaign was back then, and said because that's the whole thing that I think a big thing that was missing from his uh, primary campaign was like, guys, we went through this. We did this eight years ago. She hasn't changed. What was the point of that? You know, why yeah. did we elect, you know? Yeah. Well, he was, he was probably walking a weird line, though, because as a Democrat, with your constituency is just a little bit, like, smarter and mentally more healthy. So if you are really divisive and a dick, you're going to alienate them. Whereas, alternatively, as, especially as a populist is a thing. Yeah. Whereas Trump is... The other version of that, where he was a populist that like leaned in really hard to being divisive, and it, I guess you know, in hindsight, totally worked. He was but a heel. Bernie was he had like a little bit of claws, and already people got mad. So right, if he was yeah. any meaner, then people would have just been. He's trying to, especially with this whole thing where it was like a woman, you know, that message of like this guy's trying to take down this woman really got to people, and uh-huh, if he yeah. had been. Anything less than classy, it would have just been misogyny, misogyny, misogyny. Even the like female Bernie supporters, people are like, "Oh, you're only supporting Bernie because you want dick. You just want Bernie <laughs> bro yeah. dick. That's all you want." So, like, gender definitely like. Well, that was his, true for you know maybe half of us. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go around saying that to people. Yeah, I also enjoyed his politics. <laughs> yeah, for the dick and the politics. If he's right. got a good body, he's got a good body. This is America. The Bernie body. Mm. So. Did, would you take it far enough to say, you know, just devil's advocate here, that uh, Bernie would have won if he did a complete Trump move and was just a bad boy every uh, I, debate? I think, yeah, that would have, first off, that would have made for just amazing her, like, television. Yeah, <laughs> just like in a narrative arc. Like, Hillary versus Trump just wasn't that exciting. But if you had, like, the good boy populace and the bad boy populace against each other, right. that would have been good TV and like I feel like Trump or Bernie could have had a chance just because, well if like, he would have won the primary it would have been like fucking pro wrestling every time he turned on TV yeah Trump absolutely Bernie. it would have been amazing yeah but he had to class his way through the primary you know because if it was like he was classy against Hillary to an extent but if he was up against Trump he right. would have been, been steel yeah. chairs angry like, old Jewish man Scream about shit. It yeah. fucking great. You know? Well, that's see. I don't get uh, my other, uh, I guess, issue with the prime is like why there's a photo of Hillary Clinton at Donald Trump's wedding. She raised money like that's a gift to anyone who's running against her. And why was that not? Here's, why did he not use that? Here's the thing about like there was so much shit in this election that was like so true and so obvious off the bat that it was it was past being news on day one so like with hillary like i think something that didn't get brought up enough because it was so fucking obvious that it wasn't even news was that she's fucking already been in the white house she's right. part of a political dynasty it it's amazing to me that it wasn't brought up every five seconds because that's like a huge fucking problem in the concept of american you know democracy the idea that you have a new leader every four years uh-huh. uh, i mean you know Bush, Bush, Clinton, Clinton, Bush, Bush. Like, that's a huge thing, but somehow that didn't come up because... Well, partially, part of it was just because the the news, like, was hitting this weird boiling point as just a 
social institution in the middle of this with like the internet and everything that like uh-huh. nothing really stuck you know every couple of seconds it was somebody said colored people somebody's wig flew off somebody fought somebody it was just fucking bananas you <laughs> we know still don't know where that plane is <laughs> yeah oh shit found little bits of the plane where's the plane I know. Yeah. Ten years ago, story of the year. No? And I th- think part of what sunk him, too, it was... plane's Air Force One now. Yeah. That's oh, how boy. Trump gets around. This is my time to admit I took the plane, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Swam back from Malaysia just to do this podcast. <laughs> uh, I think the thing that kind of sunk him, too, was uh, within that media just circus, there's this um, class of reporting that's like has this... The, uh, almost monopoly on what is viewed as facts and what is like th- this is for smart people mm. we get it and they hate it like you, you know the vox.com washington post they would equip they would equivocate bernie sanders a, a year ago with being um as bad as the republicans as far as like facts and uh being you know too idealistic and stuff like that and that kind of they got they- it right front if he had gotten more out front on that narrative and had and but that's you know what you would have to have a different washington you would have to have enough groups that were able to support his policy ideas with um you know really well-researched uh papers and stuff and that doesn't exist in the same way that it does for like a more centrist candidate you have to own the academic establishment essentially yeah. right and there are academics on the academic yeah it's and there are backwards. plenty of academics who do support his proposals they're just not you know given the same yeah i think it's funny because we spend so much time treating trump as a total joke that a lot of the like intellectual left spent time attacking bernie because they were like okay like trump is not even it's a non-issue like it's a non-factor so like we were going in on bernie and then we just turned around we're like oh we didn't talk about trump enough and take him seriously and now he's like super powerful so i feel like yeah, like Bernie served as a distraction that like let Trump just grow and fester. You know uh, what like happened with Trump? Corner. It's like when you're playing a game of Super Smash Brothers and you're all fighting each other to the point where you just forget that like Kirby is in the corner, like, the <laughs> weirdest character, and no one's dealing with him. And then you guys all kill each other, and then somehow he wins the game. He has seven know? lives left. <laughs> <in the bat. laughs> yeah. Should have turned off the bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I think we can all. I mean, I think we would all agree Bernie would have won, and uh, we're actually doing some. Uh, we were phone bankers for Bernie, and now um, we're phone bankers for hashtag it Bernie would have won. So we're calling Trump voters and getting them to admit they would have voted for Bernie, and then we're gonna uh, hard feel calls. really good about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Anders, you were you were pretty good at the calls. You you have like a good uh, radio voice. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I like well, I often saying. get see when I do when I make phone calls. Did to you people, do the Bernie voice when you called people? <laughs> <laughs> just, just done an impression. <laughs> I would have gotten in trouble for that, but I, I people often think <laughs> I am <laughs> when I make calls. And I, what I used to for my job, I used to have to talk to people on the phone a lot, and people often think I am a robot. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I well, something I mean, there are a lot of, I guess, uh, scenario. It is kind of hard to conceive of a way that he would have won the primary. Uh, A lot of it. And, you know, here's the thing about people are like, don't say it's rigged. Don't blame Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Don't blame the DNC. Like, I think they did play a role. But I 
I have no problem blaming people who voted for Hillary Clinton in the who primary. Said not I think to they're blame Debbie Washman Schultz. At the yeah, she was yeah. like. Right. <laughs> I mean, numero uno. Well, there are people who say like that wasn't uh, that didn't sink Bernie. Bernie lost because he didn't get enough votes. And that's true. And I do also blame people who voted for Hillary Clinton. Sure. Um, But, you know, it's even if you had someone more neutral in charge of the DNC, he could have lost. He probably still would have lost. But it does, you know, up the difficulty, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing though is that like I'm probably just preaching to the choir or whatever about this, but like the fact that Debbie Wasserman Schultz so openly betrayed her own constituency probably yeah. didn't help people in the Democratic Party because Democrats get cynical and don't vote, and that's how Republicans win every time. Is that they throw their hands up and go, "Well, fuck this." Right. And I think that hurt in the general election. How funny is it that she lost her job at the DNC, hopped Hillary Clinton's campaign just in time to get owned out of that? And is just like still trying to work in politics. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's getting reelected. Record. She's got she's got a gerrymandered district that she's going to be in for you know. 20, she's like when you play Yoshi on Super Smash Brothers. This is all my analogies. I was up all night. Who's Captain Falcon? <laughs> we have a lot. Clearly, of it's Ted Cruz. Who, uh, don't understand things outside of Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but assuming, I guess, I mean, I guess this would have had to uh i mean because he announced in april 2015 and consider all that considered his campaign was pretty impressive but assuming there was some sort of infrastructure before like going back two years for like a more progressive uh democratic presidential candidate like maybe that would have made a huge difference um i think you know assuming he managed to pull off the dnc primary uh what happens then with centrist uh, neoliberals at the the head of the party do they try to like talk to him about going you know easing off uh, being a little more uh, moderate um, and do they try to thwart his campaign um, going into November do some of them jump ship and go towards you know Michael Bloomberg who may have run had Sanders been the nominee maybe somebody knows this a little bit better but um I was under the impression that as a president, once you're the elected official, you can kind of choose who you surround yourself with. Well, yeah, but if you're the no- you? but if you're the nominee of the party, then you're going to have to deal with the party that exists. Which, mm. at the, if you know, assumedly Debbie Wasserman Schultz would still be. Well, it's, look at what happened with Trump, though. I mean, they all hated him and slowly sort of cowed yeah, to him, right? Yeah, once he got the movement behind him. It's also hard to tell because I don't even know what the Democratic Party stands for anymore. Like Money, baby. Yeah, <laughs> money, but like in a more like, we love money, but we also love people of color and Muslims <laughs> and like the money. <laughs> like that <laughs> seems like what their policy is. Well, I so, love that like social issue shit gets votes, whereas the yeah. the money's what they're really kind of yeah. invested in. It's their beautiful that's the, costume. That's the shit behind the, the little, you know, curtain yeah well that's something i actually want if we could jump back for a second that that really annoyed me about the primaries there there um became this uh choice between this false choice between like economic populism and uh identity politics and racial justice and you know women's rights and stuff and bernie kind of seeded the argument that he didn't have as much uh 
command over those issues when um, Hillary Clinton, her record is just as bad on things like gay marriage. Mm. Oh, her record know, is worse. Oh, right. well, that video where she was like, I don't believe in gay marriage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because she gets things done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, her, on econo- <laughs> it's, she's bad on economics. She's bad on everything. So record, why did he see that point? Horrendously fucking worse, man. Yeah. Well, worse than, well, worse than Bernie, but it's, it's even... It's just as bad as her economic agenda. You know, like it's... Well, when you come down to what it looks like in the party, the uh, PC issues, representation issues, diversity issues are, you know, they used to be called cultural Marxism. So what it is is essentially looking and playing the part of the left party while not following through on anything because you're completely devoted to capital. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and sh- but uh, this, the fact I think it's a kind of a sick irony that someone who wasn't in favor of gay marriage until 2013 <laughs> became the, the standard bearer oh, for God. the LGBT. Just uh, be- it's because thought blue was the warmest fucking... color, and <laughs> yeah. I switched it up, I switched it up. A year and a half ago, we switched into the Berenstain universe or something, and like facts stopped being an issue. And yeah. I think it's. It's the fucking internet, man. I mean, this is like the first election cycle where Facebook is, you know, 90% of your brain instead of 10 or whatever. Mm. So I think her campaign figured out really quick that you could, you know, appeal to people's really, like, most impulsive, like, selfish uh, sort of talking points and, like... uh, you could feed into like they hired like Sadie Doyle and like bloggers like that, you know, yeah, because yeah. they knew that they could start a fire online and get people like not like like they're not interested in educating people. They're interested in giving people like weird internet rage that just fuels you and makes yep. you scream about like. I you think know. it's interesting though because their meme game was weak as hell. Like <laughs> the Bernie memes were dank as fuck. <laughs> like they were so good, and I feel like Bernie got such a large like momentum behind him just because he had so many dank memes online yeah. from people who were just like and he made them himself you yeah know? <laughs> Bernie turned out those memes man he was on Twitter on Instagram but and no seriously you'd think too internet rage would be the currency of memes you know you have that built up and then right. you know Squidward says something about the Dow uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it just didn't translate for her I think it's mostly because of who she's playing to uh, is not the young hip meme makers, man. No, right. they're like the young like finance female like mm-hmm. bro at. <laughs> but yeah, but and she's playing the people that read blogs and share blogs, like <laughs> angry fucking not well thought out all caps things that you don't even read the whole thing. It's just like, can you believe this? Yeah. Like people that think they're kind of above memes. Matthew Iglesias and his extended family. Memes are, are weird because I I think they're kind of dumb for the most part, but every once in a while I'm like, ah, good one. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm hurt. Oh, no, Jabuki. God. I need to get the EpiPen to restart Jabuki. I think I just uh, I need my I need to have full of dank ass memes. <laughs> memes are dumb. Let me tell you something. They're I just got sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Like them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I for I sure. like. Kind of just have a weird gauge in my head of how smart somebody is, depending on how many memes they use. Like, <laughs> boy, you must think I'm dumb as hell. <laughs> the tension is thick. I got, I got, I got to a fucking <laughs> argument with a bunch of Trump people on like just some weird. I was just on Facebook for twenty too many minutes at one point, 
and somehow ended up talking to some comedian in uh in montana who's <laughs> like a lot of the good ones there his point was like um what women what rights did women lose huh and i was like you're a fucking moron like i wasn't even clever i was just so like angry slamming on the keyboard and literally like 30 of his friends just started throwing memes at me as if they were, <laughs> as if they were like citing sources it was fucking scary man so, Sir, I book the Big Sky Comedy Festival. <laughs> oh my god! You'll listen to me. That guy did this, the inauguration. This anyway. guy actually, he started to try to like want to fight me, and he went, "Does the name Kurt Metzger mean anything to you?" Like, as if Kurt Metzger was gonna fight him with me. So He's in office. I just, <laughs> I guess he opened for Kurt Metzger, so I was like. Does the name Emo Phillips mean anything to you? Like, we're going to tag team against him or something? It was fucking weird. See, I, I agree with that. As a consumer of political memes, I agree with, like, I, I am questioning you a little bit. But as a producer of political memes, I'm sure. like, I got to get that propaganda out there. Sure, right, sure, because sure. in these minds, like, counteract that. We're shit, post, you know? If we're post-fact, we got to, you know. Right? Yeah. Exactly. The future will not be televised. Yeah. The problem uh, is when memes try to cover a really big topic in a square of 400 by 400 pixels. I <laughs> yeah. It's funny when there's too many words and they cover up the fucking <laughs> picture. I do picture. think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I posted an abortion meme not too long ago, and like a pro-choice meme, and there's still <laughs> debates going on in my mind. like wow. five days later. Will like, you teach me oh God, how to make memes? <laughs> I can't find the app. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. <laughs> but that would have been a great uh, meme more it had Bernie won. Oh, my God. And I God. do think he would have, you know, had he done identity politics a little bit better, had he started saying Black Lives Matter in, you know, right up front, maybe something would have gone a different way. But uh, what would that system. debate have been like, Bernie and Trump? Just holding memes up at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, when Bernie pulled out the receipts on the floor and had that uh, Trump yeah. screenshot, he would have done that at the debate. Yeah, that would have been so sick. He would have been the first millennial president, honestly. Because he was nice to Hillary, but he was shitting on Trump from day one. Yeah. yeah. The second he entered the race. Because, I mean, he only had, like, seven talking points or whatever. That was everybody's criticism of Bernie during the primary. But they were all against billionaires, and Trump is a billionaire. Right. So yeah, it would have played yeah. right in his strength there. Uh, and maybe a lot of people who voted for Trump, who felt like they were voting for somebody who's anti-establishment and a populist, would have had a much better outlet and, like, a clarity of understanding of the issue with the guy who owns all the fucking stock in arms companies running for president <laughs> you know you know why why bernie only had seven talking points is because he's a fucking activist so his like message of his his method of getting the message out is screaming seven things over and over again right he didn't only know seven things he just was like the campaigning is you're yelling at idiots the american <laughs> public <laughs> is a bunch of fucking morons so you have to scream the the you know, same thing over and over again. That might be a sign of the fact that he's a little bit out of his times, though. He is very, like, very up with shit. He's fucking friends with Killer Mike and bullshit. Like, he's kind of a millennial. But, One day he'll win over like, he was using <laughs> tactics of a fucking person who, you know, protests and is a populist and a socialist where you just scream the same shit. I think I think that got misconstrued. And, but, I mean, that's on him, kind of. If he didn't explain that at some point, like, here's well, why I I'm yelling the same five fucking things. Yeah. Well, but I think that's something he's been saying for, for the, like long before he ran for president is, you know, back during the Bush years and even before that, like the de he was saying like the, if the Democratic Party wants to 
gain a, a pop like have a bigger constituency among working people who, who you know either don't vote or vote republican in a lot of times you know some of them stay democrat but uh then you got to have these simple messages that are about people's lives that build the wall build the walls yeah that's a simple message and 15 dollar minimum wage that's a simple message it it you know has to do with a real thing a material uh thing like healthcare. you know and if you're just gonna say or if you're gonna throw instead these complicated like you know proposals about reforming the system in this way that really only makes sense to you like you're gonna lose you know and that's kind of what he was uh that's kind of why Hillary lost, I think, a yeah. little bit. Is it like, because she didn't, I mean, she could have, I think she maybe she just hammered the woman thing way harder or something. Right. I mean, she hammered it pretty hard. But like, after a while, you could tell she's like scraping the bottom of the barrel because she was like, America's already great. Like, uh-huh. that's not a good, that's, that's not inspiring, you know? Right. No, Which is yeah. unhealthily like early in the general election, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, uh, well, something that, I mean, this is, um, we were talking about, the uh, Iglesiites earlier, Matt Iglesias from Vox, he posted something that I was uh, pretty uh, wowed by uh, a few weeks ago, where it was this old article from Vox. Still giving him a chance? (laughs) (laughs) No, wowed as in, like, you're just very out of the loop. Um, He posted this thing, it was an article from Vox about, I barely understand what it's about, but it's basically if the insurance system was uh, all-payer rate setting. That's the name mm-hmm. of it, where you have insurers negotiate um, as a group with the government the price for each individual procedure. Boy. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so that's, and that's, you know, easily could have been something that Clinton campaigned on. But, like, what's the better messaging for the Democratic Party? Medicare for all? You know, like, just assist, like, a program most people understand and like like or this all payer rate setting like like write that on a sign go to a rally you know what i mean like i, I and it, even if single payer um what isn't uh wasn't one of the first things bernie payer rate setting aps i don't know yeah aprs something with betting <laughs> i don't know yeah write it like a, just a big like ju- <laughs> like jack of hearts like with help anyway um, so ju- I mean, jumping ahead a bit, uh, I think I do think single payer would be good messaging. Medicare for all would be good messaging that would have helped uh, Bernie win. Um, but once he gets into the presidency, right? What does that look like? I don't think that's something he would have tried to do in his first hundred days. But um, in a situation where Obamacare is still not under threat or anything like that, and you have congressional Democrats who are trying to preserve it. Um, they don't want to go to a Medicare for all system. How does he reconcile that? And how does he deal with a centrist Democratic Party that's probably not going to be too warm to a lot of his proposals? See, I feel like he would definitely be including centrist Democrats in his cabinet and like in his posse just Uh because there's this ethos in the Democratic Party where it's like, but we're better than them and we bridge the divide. And there's this like constant theme of like That's compromise true. no that matter what. Sucks. Yeah, so like, I feel like once he became president, it wouldn't even be that radical just because that's not the nature of the Democratic Party. As much as I love Bernie, I don't think he would have been that effective of a president for that no. exact reason. 
Like, yeah. he would have been surrounded by a fucking centrist. Yeah. He right. lost their Good love people. so bad, too, because he's been in that party for, like, what, 40 years? <laughs> for, and know. they've just, like, treated him like a confused orphan boy for 25 of them, <laughs> at least. And, uh... He he seems like really thrilled that he was finally getting the attention of the Democrats on this run, and I bet he totally would have thrown in whoever asked at the end of the day. I bet he ate a big bucket of ice cream when he got home every night. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Ben and Jerry's. Uh, His teeth are soft now. So. <laughs> <laughs> but something I do think he would have tried to do and may have been uh, successful at is in his first hundred days proposing uh, an, another stimulus package. Uh, like a, a step beyond what Obama did in 2009, like something that was investing in infrastructure. Um, and I think the issue, I guess, for people of our ilk would be trying to agitate to get more funding for, you know, cooperatively run businesses, et cetera, uh, versus what Trump kind of wants to do, which is put private corporations in charge of, you know, building more bridges and roads and, and shit like that, which a lot of neoliberals, w- I'm sure, would have tried to do, would try to insert in legislation like that and so that i think that may have been a, a political issue had he won you know i agree i don't know how to make this funny uh, <laughs> this is like in super smash brothers you pick the random map but then corporations build all the items mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah oh the pokemon level yeah <laughs> right so it, uh, what's the Let's what's go. the bad what's the corporation of pokemon there's like a company Sofco. right Sofco. yeah yeah, yeah. So if it's they were Giovanni like Giovanni is the whole time it turns out. Oh, true, true, true. Exactly. So if so, like if all like, the if you think about the messaging behind that, you know, '90s, that's pretty progressive because mm-hmm. it's like you know, uh, what Whole Foods or whatever the company you trust, you go to the top and uh, just evil people with a Persian. <laughs> it's uh, just in there. Mm-hmm. it's uh, John Podesta touching kids or whatever. <laughs> Persian is also <laughs> yeah. Persian is a Pokemon, right? That's the Pokemon's name. Persian? It is. It's yeah. the cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a little fuck. What if you just made that up and it's like that's a whole race of people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't call sounds weird out of context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, th- th- I mean, but what about the? Because uh, one of his, and this is what appealed to me about Bernie Sanders is he, um, at the heart of his campaign was he was saying, there's no way anybody gets anything done unless people are mobilized, and and we're seeing now. You know, DSA obviously has had a surge in membership. A lot more people are getting active. And, and so would that have existed in the same way? And would they have um, gone like been an army of, no. you know, Sanderistas trying to call their <laughs> representatives and stuff? No, that's kind of the silver lining of Trump being president, I think, because the thing is, either one of these Democrats would have won. We've just gone right back to sleep. Yeah. yeah. We've got a lot of mics to hit. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate to say, it, but like, I, I know people who, I'm not sure that they would be uh, out in front if. I feel like you and me probably still would join DSA, maybe, but uh, like, their membership boom is huge right now. Yeah, no, I know a ton of like centrist Democrats with like a capital D who switched over to like more socialist leaning mm-hmm. policies. Well, it, you mean 90% lost. of people in either of these camps aren't like politics is a football game. Like they're not actually reading up and investing yeah, in shit. True, so true. like the one kind of silver lining, all this crazy shit that's happening 
is that it's forcing people to actually think about the things that they're voting for for uh-huh. the first time in their life because it gets easy to just be like, yeah, I'm a Democrat. I don't know. I guess you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, have y'all cool. seen? The Tumblr of people regretting voting for Trump. Yeah, <laughs> Josie, so good. Uh, it so feels amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love knowing that these people are going to suffer now. Like makes it makes me, me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. You should well, maybe check that out. <laughs> not healthy. <laughs> no, I'm so happy because like they really thought that it was a game. They thought it was sweet this whole time, and like now. I gotta well, be honest with you. I kind of thought, like, maybe he was some kind of wild card. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Uh, he is a wild card. He's just the worst wild card you could have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much executive shit in the first... He's done, like, four years of Obama uh, legislation in one week. Right. <laughs> and that's... See, that's... And that's a, a very important point, because uh, somebody pointed out that uh, this meeting last night f- for um, building socialist movement under under Trump like, look at how much he's done in the first 10 days. You know, and Obama, when he came into office, it was like, you know, all, all this emphasis on patience. It's and, so frustrating because with the right people, that could be us passing shit. Exactly. It's a lot to change. And that's, what I, and that's what I do wonder about is, um, had Sanders been the nominee, would that have had kind of the same effect on centrist liberals uh, who would maybe start, who weren't that... Uh, um, interested in politics, maybe they say, "Oh, what is this social democracy thing? Oh, why can't we have healthcare for everybody? Why can't we have?" But if he would have won, he would have became the like the majority, the leader, and then everyone would hate him. So I think yeah. actually, had he won, there would be an odd backlash against socialism because there's it's social. It's weird that he got as far as he did because socialism is already huge like mm-hmm. stigma mm-hmm. they're like we threw those uh, people in jail for a long time yeah <laughs> and there was all this like I, this uh conspiracy shit about obama for the last eight years being a socialist right. like in i'm from texas right and when you drive from austin to dallas there's this huge stretch of land just owned by like fucking white supremacists and shit <laughs> and literally somebody bought a billboard and the billboard's got Obama's face on it. Just says socialism, <laughs> as if that's a bad thing. Yeah, like, that's aesthetic though. Like I want a picture of that. I want to steal the billboard. Dope. From my yeah. fucking apartment. It's awesome. But it's also not like. First of all, he wasn't a socialist, so you're wrong. Second of all, if he was, he would be better. You know, yeah, right. specifically for the people who live there. Too. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. Your roommate's a cow. What are yeah. you doing? You if socialism. would be complaining. It would be like people in the suburbs of Boston and New York City who are j- having to fuck with all the new uh, elite taxes and shit. Yeah. Well, I'm, but I wonder how much um, of that hatred towards Obama would have it would exist if he actually had. Um, made more of an effort to improve people's quality of life. But know? he did, though, because the ACA was, like, saving people. So yeah, like, About a couple. But think, and that's a great example, because I remember seeing there's this guy who was a Tea Party uh, conservative. He hated Obama, and then he started getting health care through the exchange, and he totally changed his mind. But that, but because of the way it's set up, it, it helps some people, and then other people get their, their rates up. So yeah. it's not... Um, like a universal that's true system that he, I think that would have there were some people much who big. were like well ACA is gone that's how I pay for my medication and like the whole time they just didn't realize that that was Obama's doing you know well alright so there's a couple things going on there first I talked to a guy uh, a doctor I know about this it was kind of interesting uh, they, they probably shouldn't so the ACA is Obamacare right 
the term Obamacare came from the media. Obama didn't come out and say, right. this is called Obamacare, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But I then thought of a great name. <laughs> 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 he start, eventually, everyone just started referring to it as Obamacare, but they should not have done that. They shouldn't have picked that up from the media because they immediately politicized it, uh, which all it did was make idiots hate it. Like, yeah, if they yeah. just call it ACA, Affordable Care Act, it wouldn't have, like, made just morons that don't actually pay that much attention to politics uh -huh. hate it that much. The other thing is, so. he reached across the aisle way too hard in the beginning of his presidency, given, I think, as the first black, black president, you kind of don't have a choice. Like, if he had came in and really started wrecking shop the way <laughs> we wanted him to, the back, I mean, it would have been awesome, <laughs> but also he probably wouldn't have got a second term. There would have been, like, a way weirder backlash against them so there's like really not a well, like in hindsight a way of going back and redoing that i sure, don't yep. think and that's why the aca got hamstrung well like who that. he is like he is not yeah. a socialist and right right what we want to happen is to destroy the insurance industry because they're parasites obama's are going to do that it yeah. eliminates jobs so. well yeah but bernie's critique of obama which he kind of eased off on and i think this obama pushed back against this in their when they uh, talked in private, but his critique was like 2008. You have millions of people who are involved in getting this guy elected, and once it happened, he was just kind of like, okay, I got this, you know. Yeah. Like, he didn't take advantage of that organization that could have applied pressure to state and local governments um, and also the federal government to, to pass his agenda, because he didn't, but he didn't have that strong of an agenda. It wasn't that different from what we had seen in the past. And I think um, if Bernie w had been able to get people excited about democratic socialism, um, that might have been different. Whether or not uh, the grip on Capitol Hill that corporations have is too strong to actually... Um, well, Bernie was a populist, and like, what happens when a populist gets elected? I mean, I guess we're seeing it kind of, kind of with Trump, mm -hmm. but, I mean, you really you have to use the fact that you've mobilized a shit ton of people in the country to get right. anything done because you're not you're not, you're not gonna be able to use your political power to a certain extent you know yeah like um had he been elected he would have been fought probably you know tooth and nail like on a lot of things especially well it also it also all this also is depending on what would have happened with the house and senate right uh Although I think the fact that they the the they went red this time also is probably because people just vote down the ticket. So well, the turnout too didn't help. It, like in a lot of those races, uh, right. the reality of the situation is, uh, despite the terrifying, you know, Trump presidency we're in now, this development on the left is actually the healthiest thing that could happen because it's not going to happen in America top down. It won't work. The right. power isn't there for some just rogue communist to change everything. <laughs> uh -huh. It has to be a mass movement of people right. doing what, you know, people hopefully will do in the next four years for a long, long time. Right, and yeah, yeah. Changing the way society fundamentally functions. And that wouldn't happen under, you know, if we get our way ever. So yeah, and really... I, right. And I do think if you look at presidents like Lyndon Johnson or FDR who passed a lot of very important social legislation they did use you know those uh m that base of support to lobby congress and stuff like that but FDR that that base want to do half the shitty but yeah that's that was my point is that <laughs> is that 
movement had already existed and helped get them into office and it was independent of them um and that wasn't the case with bernie a lot of it just was came from him and and we're going to see where it goes from here but um one of the criticisms that um rebecca traster had who i thought you say rebecca trent (laughs) (laughs) she we haven't had her on yet no she's Lots better than uh, I'm Traster. scared of her, so I don't think it'll happen. But <laughs> well, you should be scared of Traster too, because she's uh, written some pretty bad stuff in general. But her, uh, she's a Clinton supporter, and her reason for supporting Clinton over Bernie, uh, and she had this article about it, um, was like she agrees with Bernie. She wants all these great things. She's ter- she thinks welfare reform, all these things that Hillary supported were terrible. But her reason is that she thinks it's bad for movements to have someone from the movement in power. You have to have this, um, you have to have somebody who's like a centrist in power. Which, what? Yeah, she said that that would be bad for the movement. It would like um, make things... Uh, of course. It, yeah, it would be too contradictory to have, you know, someone who's wants Against to... Against power, in power. Yeah, yeah. But, That's and just my some thi- bananas shit you think of when right. you're already losing think an of, argument. And you're yeah. like, well, I actually meant to do that, you know? Right. Think of, like, basketball. You have to, if you want to win, you have to look at the other team and think about what you want. And then let them score as many goals as they want. <laughs> and that's how you win the game of basketball, I was told. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I think that is a concern. Like, you have uh, our revolution and stuff like that that had their organizational problems with that. And uh, so if it's all from Bernie, it's all about him, um, then that does pose an issue. <laughs> this is we awesome. We have a Real Brooklyn rascal scooter who is um, outside the studio right now. Are we in a, like a storage tank? Yeah, this is a, a shipping container. A shipping container. This used to a guy used to live here. Dude, this once upon a fucking rules. I would totally live here. Yeah, this is it. Uh, but that's you a great problem to have, right? Isn't that a great problem to have? To have the president be somebody who actually. Agrees. Represents your yeah. policy. Like there's and your there's an issue there. Well, yeah, if, if you're arguing that that's a bad thing, you've lost your goddamn mind right. for this fucking election. Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> Although, I mean. You're drowning in game theory. Yeah. But there is, like, to some extent to which it's a bad thing because once you're comfortable, you stop, like, paying attention and stuff. Right. Yeah. And I also think that looking at a lot of the black movements in, like, the 70s and the civil rights movement, um, having figures be the head of your party ends up with all those figures dying and then yeah. your party right. <laughs> dissolving. That's, that's a specific thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> but like, to say that if Bernie were gone, all of a sudden and everyone was mobilized behind Bernie, then where do all those people go without their leader at a certain point? So I do kind of see where they're coming from, but that's also, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but and that's a, the job of leftists is to have uh organization that's like hey we're simple we like bernie yeah we're we like a lot of what he says we want to get these things done but it's not just but here's our ideology and here's the the way we do that and sometimes we're gonna have to disagree with him um an area that i a big question mark when thinking about a a sanders administration uh to me is foreign policy uh, because he has a history of being you know when he was mayor of burlington he had noam chomsky come visit he has a history of uh, people who are very critical of anti-imperialism, and he adopted a lot of their rhetoric. 70s Bernie his... is not 2016 Bernie. Right. Mm-hmm. It's different. 
Um, no, he was going to play the folk album in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> Just play that instead of giving an inauguration speech. <laughs> he was going to bring back Noam Chomsky's wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. Like, but that's form of resurrection. Uh but this is a bit of a tangent. Uh, but uh, if you're an adult, a good way to feel terrible about everything you've done in the morning is to just turn on a video of Fred Hampton for five minutes. Oh, he's 21, <laughs> right, when he gets he's shot? Like, there's videos of him at 19, like, running a nationwide industry. <laughs> <laughs> Tragic. Oh, boy. It's a downer. That's well, how I started my day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> in the 70s, 19 was the new 40, and now... Uh, now 50 is the new 40. Yeah. Now 50 is the new 18. Um, my dad oh. says 50 is the new 30. <laughs> so what does that make 30? The new... 20. Yeah. You're not born yet, I think. <laughs> Who's having sex? <laughs> not... Uh, millennials hey. until they're thirty, according to the uh, studies. Damn, we, we fuck a lot less than previous generations. I can't really? relate to this because I've had a girlfriend. I must be long. throwing the curve off. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, there's always an outlier like that. <laughs> I think that's see. I think celibacy is a great thing, and I think if Bernie had won, <laughs> <laughs> these sound bites are gonna kill he us, would. guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, all see that. I mean, that's another the myth we're talking about earlier is all these uh female bernie supporters who are in it for that luscious um, <laughs> bearded uh, strong bernie uh, dick yeah what a great way to get laid you flabby know? Uh, yeah political shit right some good socialists that haven't showered in a couple weeks like uh, ah, those studs some guy hitting a vape pen talking about citizens united like that's really <laughs> sexy and that would have been a good want. thing i think that i think that celibacy um, would have contributed to the movement because it wouldn't have distracted people. Right? <laughs> people want to escape now. I they want to have sex. Starting a cult. Anders is pandering hard to the Catholics. Listening. <laughs> I want to start a socialist celibate movement. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fuck, and you know we uh, organize. All right, <laughs> because it distracts you. It nope. distracts people from what's uh really going on and and you know 90 percent of the orgasms uh, <laughs> anyway foreign, foreign policy. policy uh i was listening to um do you guys follow army strang on twitter they had him on an episode of chapo mm -hmm. but uh he's a he's like a leftist uh career military man Okay. So he he his podcast check it out i don't remember what it's oh, called but that, you can find it um is um uh, the, I only listened to one episode, and it was all about the role of the army in an effectively socialist uh, government. And that was the whole thing they were talking about, is popular leftism now is all anti-war, which is good, but um, the uh, actual policy of complete retraction from the international sphere is actually pretty dangerous. And so you have uh -huh. to consider, you know... What, what do you even want if everything goes your way? What a hell of a way to die, I think is his... Yeah. That, that's the name of it. Uh, but, you know, Bernie, notoriously, that was the thing everybody on the left was criticizing him on, is he was, like, very quiet about... Uh, but that's the beautiful the thing, is he, because he began his campaign by saying, like, we, all I, my success depends entirely on grassroots mobilization. It depends entirely on the progressive left being active and organized. Um, at the beginning, he was pretty quiet on 
Palestine and on Black Lives Matter and a lot of these issues and activists made him start talking about that stuff. I don't remember any hot Bernie quotes on Palestine. Well, he was not invited to the APAC convention and he gave a speech while it was happening that was the most progressive thing we've seen from a major presidential contender in decades. Like... Uh, almost unprecedented, like talking Only about we had Andrew Taven back again to really break this down. For <laughs> you know, you know what the problem with foreign policy is is that like this might just be a hot take or whatever, but I think like ten percent of people even understand what the fuck is happening outside of this country. True. And yeah. so when it comes to like backing a fucking politician the same way you're rooting for a football team or whatever, like yeah. people are bullshitting constantly. Yeah. Right, and that's why I think you know. It's not that he was protecting his um, secret, like, Zionist uh, conspiracy, like, mm-hmm. thing. Like, he's not a deep... I don't think deep down he's... Or if he was in addition to that. Right. Yeah. But right. he's... It's because he doesn't want the message to be about foreign policy because he's going to... Because that's... They might have lost him right. votes and shit. Yeah, it's... People don't care about that. They want to hear about... That's why he was yelling jobs. the same five things over exactly. and over again. Yeah. But I think it's it was... Messaging. It was kind of weak. It's just, yeah, it's hard to, if you're, if you're, if you're a grassroots populist and you're yelling about Israel, that's when people are going to be like, oh, this person is going off the rails. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, like, gra- populism is about what's happening in your own society. So it's hard to just fit that into that narrative. Right. I don't know. I also, to be honest, though, I don't know, like, entirely what his platform was with a lot of shit going on overseas. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it was well, very vague. Uh, how I, do you how do you put up all these domestic reforms he wanted to do without touching the military industrial complex? Which yeah, is and that is he something did not seem up to do. What, when well, we had Mimi on, that was all he wanted to talk about. Yeah, but that's I mean they uh, I think um, a lot of that stuff they're projecting things onto him when they a lot of the anti-war left as i don't have a problem with again like i don't mind well, people you, pushing him you would on that need issue to really come hard to d- reduce spending for the military because they're incredibly popular in america sure. <laughs> well y- yes and i like mean yeah but but uh, he had i remember him giving the speech bernie where he was talking about before 9-11 rumsfeld um talk like gave a speech apparently where he was talking about there's trillions of dollars of waste in the military Tr- i think he said trillions uh-huh. and like bernie mentioned that so if there's I, a I movement do want to talk about this for a second because the waste of the military is always the funniest things you'll ever find our government doing uh when they were developing napalm uh in the, in the 30s the government spent millions and millions of dollars trying to figure out how to deploy the napalm and their first tactic because they couldn't get the scientists to figure it out fast enough and they wanted to go to war with japan so i'm sorry the 40s um they decided we'll put the napalm because we know that works on bats yeah 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 <laughs> and we'll fly bats in planes over japan because bats like to roost in wooden houses drop the bats and they'll fly into the houses on fire yeah. and so they worked on this for years and spent millions and millions of 1940s dollars which uh it would be incredible about now and like they did things where they flew up too high and the bats just fell asleep and fell straight to the ground <laughs> and uh they got to work in like iowa making fake japanese villages wow. and and uh, by the time they figured it out, surprise, we have a bomb that works. So you can just do that. <laughs> Japan. What a waste uh, of bats. Seriously. Uh, those are some good bats. Yeah, they also put like bombs on sharks and shit, right? <laughs> they had the spy cat. 
or maybe it was the Russians. Uh, it was either the Americans or the Russians of the Cold War spent, like, billions of dollars outfitting a cat to be, like, a living spy. I would watch all these DreamWorks movies. <laughs> like, I would see everyone. <laughs> yeah. These would all like be great. Like the bat who doesn't want to... <laughs> yeah. Like Finding Nemo, but for napalm covered... I don't want to be a napalm bat, Dad. <laughs> That's a, your mom was a napalm bat? I'm a napalm bat. We all got to be napalm bats. You're going to catch fire, son. <laughs> yeah. It's just a skeleton of a bat. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be their Halloween release. <laughs> the Japanese actually tried to send hundreds, if not thousands, of like little balloons, yeah, um, hell yeah. over to across the Pacific with bombs in them, and the, and one of uh, the, on. most of them like just fell in the ocean. Yeah, there was one the that uh, dropped the, the bomb and landed on a picnic table, it, in like Iowa or someplace, and that was the only successful oh, so one. It, it they got in. exactly <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah, that's yeah. deep. I heard about that. There was like a radio lab about that. It's really interesting. And it's like a really fucking wackadoo idea that they came up with. Uh-huh. But to put it in perspective, they also just move shit around apparently like that in Japan or like they used to. Like they would try to mail shit like that for a while. It's this idea that got stuck in Japanese society for like wow. two years or something. Technocrats, man. Yeah, it was like Uber or something. Like last <laughs> like a hot minute there. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what Bernie's foreign policy. He was like, we're going to take the nuclear weapons down we're going to replace them with uh, balloon bombs <laughs> <laughs> we have all these balloons hanging around no one's using them it's only your birthday once a year um, another good story more recent and less funnier than the bats thing uh, the so Japan is entirely militarily occupied by the US since World War 2 right um and so there are these bases all over the island where we stash tons and tons of weapons. And this experimental weapon that we were working on for a while, or just like a transport vehicle, uh, the U.S. military was developing a quadcopter. Uh. So helicopter, four blades, and uh, sounds really cool. Drone. It's kind of like a drone, right? Like, but like a big one. But as recently as like 2013, or I forget when I was reading into this, uh, they kept falling out of the sky in <laughs> the like in the city. <laughs> so you just be going to work, whatever, and a helicopter would crash <laughs> like onto your car. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the military's fucking ridiculous. How like yeah. how, how how do you fix that though? There's way too much money in this bullshit. They're, they're a very silly place. Well, yeah, for, I mean by nature. <laughs> Well, I mean, he didn't get money from them, so he could yeah, at least has that advantage over other politicians. I think he would be better than, let's say, if Clinton got elected, yeah. and definitely better than Trump, who, uh, as of the executive mandate... Because Clinton was extremely aggressive as Sec of State, wasn't she? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean, she's a war hawk. Didn't she kill Osama? Like, uh, Pakistan did. She personally did. She did. She did. I, I think she killed Osama. She has his limber. head on a mantle. I'm she planted sure. the porn on yeah. his dead body. What people don't realize is most strength, um, at least 50% of it, is flexibility. So you can look like Hillary Clinton and you can faint like Hillary Clinton, but then when you're in the cage, you can just wind up and wail on a bitch, you know? Uh, and that's yeah. what she did to, again, a diabetic patient who is also geriatric. <laughs> uh, hiding in the mountains. Well, I do think that, um, like, there, I, I don't think he would have uh, ordered that all the foreign military bases close or anything like that. But I do think the rhetoric would have changed in the way U.S. government talks about foreign policy, especially, like, Latin America. You know, no more America's backyard. 
uh, like I think he would have acknowledged the crimes that we've committed over the years. Has anybody Here. read into the Trump stuff with the CIA reforms? Because uh, there's like, a, I think rumors of like, you know, COINTELPRO type operations restarting and, you know, the, all, all of the operations that were happening in the 50s and 60s that shut down these Latin American governments and we all like look at in horror now mm. like being... You know, pushed along to come back. Uh, uh, Pro was how crack cocaine ended up in black neighborhoods, right? Was that it? Was um, or was that the one where they were spying on revolutionaries? Was, I wish I was, had a better they memory may have for done stupid both. code names. <laughs> 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 they okay, very yeah. well have done both. They at least did. Yeah, they spied on Martin Luther. They told. They tried to get Martin yeah, Luther King to, to kill him himself. Yeah. We know you fucking. <laughs> you like to fuck, man. <laughs> Do you have a dream? Was yeah. it wet? Was it a wet dream? Because you like to fuck? <laughs> Are you but balls I... deep in the white man right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's interesting because, like, um, I think that that would have, at least acknowledging that, kind of the way Khrushchev did once uh, Stalin died, um, acknowledging the crimes of the past might start a cultural discussion the way that, like, we've talked about white supremacy over the past few years. Um, where we might start actually discussing what the state has done imperialism. to people. Yeah, imperialism. Yeah, and we that's and the that, one discussion not on the table at all. Right. <laughs> because when you bring up that discussion, it's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. You sorry. So where my reparations at? Yeah. When I'm getting so that we'll money. Have to change yeah. every way we live entirely. <laughs> yeah. From the ground up. Uh, yeah. Mm. I I think you're right, and like I want to believe that's true, and I think that's why they were probably also scared of him because he represented a you know as being somebody who was running on the basis of, like, not being in the pocket of the prison industrial complex right. and, the, and the military complex and everything. Like, that's kind of what we're supposed to understand. The other definite possibility, though, is, like, these people tend to always let you down. And I, I feel like when you become president, at least from the military side of things, you probably just learn a bunch of shit on day one and <laughs> oh, are yeah. suddenly, like, it, like controlled by other people. Like, you're working right. with other people. Oh, you're no, working yeah. with oh, the fucking yeah. military, and there's some extent that we're, like... yeah. They're probably gonna be like, you, like you have to do this, and then you have to go explain to the fucking Mr. country President, why you're doing it. You know? Have you seen seasons one through three of Twenty Four? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm playing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't think his policy policies would be all that different on, you know, like drone strikes or something. Maybe he'd reduce it a little bit. I would but like at least, to think not, but who yeah, fucking knows. But you know? at, a, at a minimum, at least because he this is something he's done over his career is talked about U.S. crimes in Latin America and elsewhere. And at a minimum, having a president who's willing to acknowledge that, um, I think, potentially radicalizes people and gets them to push him to actually make good on that uh, worldview. You know, if he accepts that as bad, then we got to stop what, what we're doing now. Um, and then that, that makes people think, too, about what does it mean to be an American? Right, mm -hmm. because we've thought a lot about what it means to be a white guy, right? What it means to be male, what it means to be white, well, like what the crimes. Straight. Yeah, and that stuff has happened under Obama in a way that it hadn't before. So maybe U.S. imperialism would have had a different. We would have um, confronted that a little more. Well, would have is the key word in this entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. and shoulda. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But. I had a Dungeons and Dragons style uh, uh, quest mapped out for this episode, but I'll bring it, so it doesn't matter. Well, we'll save that map for uh, 2020 when um, 
<laughs> we'll see. This um, is good. It's good radio skills, man. Oh, I, can, yeah. I can hear you wrapping up. They'll be tuning back in for that. <laughs> <laughs> when Bernie wins. <laughs> Oh God, um, you'll you, you put this podcast in a bottle and put it in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> this is something a lot of people were bringing up in the primaries about uh, Bernie being too old. But I think it applied to everybody who's a major contender in this race. Yeah. They're all yeah. so old. They're so. I, will the stress just kill Trump? I think it might just kill Trump. I think he might just die. He's like a sh- weird shape. Nah, I think he's too rich. You know, I like how that Rockefeller has had like hella hearts by now. Oh yeah, it's gonna be some shit like that. But you like, can't yeah. be the too rich while to die. Recovering from heart surgery—that's not a thing. He'll find do. a way. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Reagan can like have oh dementia, God. then you know. Were you the one who showed me the picture of Ronald Reagan signing an autograph for somebody that just says Reagan Reagan? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, why is the face of evil always so incompetent? Right. That see that at the time seemed. Um, as ludicrous as Trump does now, it's, it's slowly gotten. We got Reagan, then Bush, then like it's. I don't know what they're going to. Who's follow. the next person? Yeah, yeah. It's just not even. It's going to be a meme. It's <laughs> a sentient meme. No, the, Pepe. Mark is gonna Zuckerberg be. is gearing up for politics. If anybody's been watching this, he's he's like. And it's all been through Facebook because he runs Facebook, but he'll do like stump speeches on Facebook. Yo, yeah, he's doing deals. Holy with Booker shit! And shit right now. Oh god, I could yeah, so was, see that he would be the be first the centrist Democrat to beat. Okay. Nah, he would be libertarian as hell. I don't think that he would lean Democratic. I think we were on the no, Facebook I, party. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he could, yeah, he that could already create sounds his own. like it would get more vote. And like Silicon Valley, <laughs> there's so much money behind him too. Like he doesn't even need Silicon Valley. He's fucking Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> that's true, but like that whole the way that society is moving towards like technology, basically running the entire economy. Mm-hmm. Like people would fall for that. People would definitely go into that. That is where you get your information. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And this is why it's so important to be on Twitter, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alternative media. Because even like Reads. Trump's version of business isn't really like where money is really really at anymore mm-hmm. you know like finance and like real estate and everything like that like yeah the, of well, course there's billions of dollars there but like technology is yeah. such a booming industry i mean that hasn't really been his business in like since the 80s like True. his yeah. like his business now is just trump like he yeah. gets paid to put his name on stuff and like his in has been insolvent for yeah. over a decade i was shocked to learn he doesn't really care that much about stakes and it's mostly <laughs> in the money for him because it seems like that <laughs> passion project you Trump is he actually was... a vegan <laughs> that's why he looks so healthy yeah yeah that's why his ass thick mm. did y'all see that pic mm-hmm. he doesn't drink and he looks like that isn't that <laughs> <laughs> like what is he doing <laughs> yeah i mean well did you see the trump makeover thing it's they they should like you know give him a suit that fits a tie that isn't enormous and like stops doing the bronzer gave him a different haircut and he looks like a normal guy and like that guy would not have won because he has he just looks ridiculous and that's yeah i like bernie with the hair you know like you gotta have a freak point though imagine trump in charge of the nuclear weapons arsenal and now imagine drunk trump in charge of anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think right. drunk Trump would have run for office. I think he'd been happy. In a good world. Yeah. Well, his brother, his brother drank himself to death because he used to get... Anyway, I mean, I yeah. do think... 
that you know, what, you know what the, Trump kind of looks like. Sorry to cut you off. Have you, ever, have you ever seen somebody who just got off of like a TV taping thing and they still have their makeup on? <laughs> but he's got like on TV. He looks like that. So he's wearing like double TV makeup. Right. <laughs> yeah. What does he look like underneath all that? Did you guys uh, see his inauguration picture? Which one? Um, I think the the like official White House portrait or. Oh, how he doctored it for his hands to be bigger. <laughs> well, she, his pose is like Sith Lord pose. It's very strange. He's like in a chair, looking like down under his hair, up at you menacingly. Very <laughs> he's got the he's like uh, Clockwork Orange weird yeah, yeah, chin yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> See the? Uh, I mean, uh, this is the. I've been thinking about this. I think this is the only way we can take him down. We gotta get like someone in his position, Kanye West or somebody like that, to start demanding that he show his penis. Because <laughs> that's what he's been bragging about this whole time and like that small hands thing, that's what that's about. So if he drops trow and he's got a little, you know, piggly wiggly there, then that undermines his credibility. We spent ten minutes on this on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but what if his dick is what if his dick is huge and then he's just <laughs> unstoppable at that point <laughs> but it's oh, definitely yeah. not big there's he no way that he has a big power. but then but then it's like you just showed everyone your dick and you're the president you know? and people would be like fuck yeah that's the kind of shit that we fucking need in this country that's the next i show my dick to everyone yeah. why does everyone like want to believe that hitler had a tiny dick like you want to believe bad people aren't sexy when really they're the most sexy what do you like? What I do you like do Hitler if you find out Hitler had a huge dick? <laughs> Boy, <laughs> it seems kind of base and stupid. And I think that a lot of people think like that because like we have this guy in office. Like clearly, people buy yeah. the base and stupid shit. But like, what is that? Like, what would you? Why, how does that? Why does that make you happy? And then what if it isn't true? Like, then what do you do right. with that? You know. I don't know about you guys, but the only time people I don't want to see my dick see my dick is because I'm blacked out drunk and have like fallen asleep somewhere where my dick falls out. So you know, that's again a thing we can't get Trump on. We gotta get him drunk. We gotta dose the president. The, the issue has become crystal clear. I I I really think that we could see a sex scandal with Trump in the next four years because I know he cheated on Melania. I know Melania cheated on him. Like. I could yeah. really see him getting exposed, like how Justin Bieber got exposed with that one Brazilian prostitute. Uh -huh. She took pictures with him, like just sleeping in bed, like next to a pile of money. <laughs> I could see, I could see some shit like that with Trump. Honestly, when you guys imagine Trump having sex, do you imagine him making like little uh, Jack Skellington hands? First of all, I imagine Trump having <laughs> sex all the time. <laughs> uh, well, make he's... you come bigly. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> you. This is disgusting. Right. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap this up. Inevitably, <laughs> I gotta go to church. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's this is this discussion proves why we need more celibacy in this country. <laughs> Precisely. And I think that's Stay what we gotta on focus on. Message, Bernie. Over the next four years. Wait. Uh, uh, plugs. 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 Yes. Oh, I'm gonna be at the stand February 9th at 8 p.m. Um, I'm gonna be roast battling Trey Gallion at the stand on March 7th. Oh, right. and we can find you both on social media, right? At Jabuki, J-A-B-O-U-K-I-E. I'm at Feral Jokes on everything. Feral as in like a feral animal. All feral everything. And uh, I th I'm still waiting for my show to come out in March, so I'll wait on the plugs for that. All right. At Noob for Life, at The Real Left Jest, follow us. Uh, leave us a review on 
iTunes, please, five-star rating. We would appreciate that. We we'll accept so the four-star. <laughs> so hard. Kind so of. <laughs> there you go. Um, thank you for tuning in. Left Jest.